Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to The Haunted Collection with your host, writer, paranormal investigator, and haunted collector, Kevin Kane, here to bring you some more spooky ghost stories. Welcome back, and thank you for tuning in to our new and final episode of 2023. It's uh, December the 22nd. Christmas Eve is just a few days away. Christmas Day, even. So I hope you're all uh, traveling safely and that you're having a good holiday and that you'll have a good New Year next weekend. And... I thank you for tuning in for all this year and hope you'll come back next year for more episodes starting in January. Before we get started, as always, I'd like to invite you to my website, myhaunteddolls.com. There you can shop all of the books I've written and get your autographed copy. There are ghost stories and urban legends that I've written about, books about my haunted items, There are supernatural novels and other kinds of books out there, too. So be sure to check those out. There's a link there to my Redbubble store where you can purchase all kinds of uh, clothes and accessories out there, T-shirts and hats with my uh, the MyHauntedDolls.com logo with images of some of my haunted items and other creative artistic images. And there's also... T-shirts and merchandise with this show on it, The Haunted Collection. You can get shirts, hats, skirts, dresses, TV, uh, well, uh, phone accessories, not TV, but phone accessories and tablet accessories. You can get things for your pets, whether it's a cat or a dog. You can get things for your home like throw blankets, comforters, pillows, Just all kinds of things out there that you can purchase and at least 30 or more designs that I have out there to choose from on all those products. So be sure to check that out. My Haunted Dolls, Kevin Kane at the Redbubble store. Also be sure to go to my links on my website or just go to YouTube directly and find my channel, My Haunted Dolls on YouTube, where you can see videos I've posted of a lot of sessions I've done with my haunted items. There's some pretty neat evidence captured out there, so be sure to check that out. And now, speaking of ghosts and the supernatural, I've got a couple of good ghostly travel stories. If you're traveling out there for the holiday weekend, maybe you'll like to tune in and listen to these. I started these last episode, and going to do a few more for you here tonight. And then we can pick back up with this in the new year. Our, for our first story concerns a little spooky legend out there. We've all heard different types of hitchhiker ghost stories and other similar items out there and tales that have been passed around. This first one is called Big Joe. Randy Talbot stood in the dark, staring vacantly down the empty highway. 
It was beginning to rain, and there wasn't much traffic on this road at night, so his chances of getting a ride seemed slim. It looked like another night spent in the open, cold and hungry. Randy was feeling about as low as he had ever had in his life. You see, Randy had half run away, half been kicked out of his home at age 15. Try as he might, he could not remember a single really good day in those 15 years. Life had been an unending string of arguments and fights, and when he wasn't fighting with his parents, a sullen silence reigned over the house. They never talked, not even to say hello. Randy sometimes wondered if his parents missed him or even noticed that he was gone. He certainly did not miss them. But three years on his own had been no picnic. He had hitchhiked all over the country, sometimes sleeping in abandoned buildings or doorways. He picked up an odd job now and then. He also panhandled, shoplifted, and even robbed to get enough to eat. He wasn't a violent kid. He was just trying to get by in a very tough world. Randy kept on moving because he never found any place he really wanted to stay. He always hoped the next place would be better than the last, but it never was. It was just more of the same. Now he felt his string about to run out. He was standing in the rain on a deserted road in Iowa. He had not eaten in over 24 hours, and he had no idea where he was going or what he was going to do when he got there. If he got there. He didn't really care anymore. It was the roar of the truck he heard first. There was a big 18-wheeler laboring up the incline. Then he saw the lights. Randy was almost too discouraged to stick out his thumb. The driver probably wouldn't stop anyway, he thought, but the truck ground to a halt right in front of him. The trucker leaned out of the window and said, "'Where you going, kid?' Uh, no place special, replied Randy. Just down the road, I guess. Well, that's where I'm going to, so get in. Randy climbed into the cab and settled himself alongside the driver. He couldn't get a good look at the man, but he could tell that he was big, and he had a deep, commanding voice. Lousy place to try to catch a ride, said the big man. How did you wind up here? Years of being on his own had made Randy deeply suspicious of strangers. He did not like talking to them. They always wanted something from you. But the big trucker, with the deep voice, inspired immediate confidence and trust. (laughs) 
Usually, Randy answered questions with a single word or a grunt. Now, he found the words pouring out of him. He began telling this complete stranger his whole life story. And though he still could not see the driver's face, he knew the big man was listening. Randy had just about run out of words when he saw the bright lights of a truck stop up ahead. The driver pulled into the parking lot and stopped. You've had it real rough, said the driver, but don't give up hope. You're young, you've got time, and you never can tell what's going to happen. I've got to turn off up ahead, so you get out of here. The trucker shoved a $5 bill into Randy's hand. Get yourself something to eat. The food's not bad in this truck stop, and the apple pie is terrific. Tell them Big Joe dropped you off. They know me, and they'll treat you right. Randy climbed down out of the cab. Before he even had a chance to thank his benefactor, the rig pulled out of the lot and disappeared down the road. Suddenly, Randy began to cry. This was the first act of real kindness he had ever experienced in his life, and he was overwhelmed with emotion. After he got control of himself, Randy went into the diner and ordered a cheeseburger and fries, which he polished off greedily. Then he said to the counterman, uh, I'll have some apple pie. Big Joe tells me you have real good apple pie. So uh, Big Joe dropped you off here, said the counterman. Yeah, he's a real nice guy. Do you know him well? The counterman sort of looked at him. You never heard of Big Joe? Randy admitted that he had not. Fifteen years ago, Big Joe was driving down this very road when a school bus going in the opposite direction went out of control and was coming right for him. Joe swerved off the road to avoid the bus. Nobody on the bus was hurt, but Joe got killed. Since then, every once in a while, a down-and-out hitchhiker, like yourself, gets picked up by Joe. He gives them a couple of bucks and drops them off here for a meal. I guess you could say he was a real nice guy, and he still is. Consider yourself lucky, kid. I think he's giving you a second chance. Well, that was actually a very nice ghost story, and I'm glad I shared that since we're here in the Christmas season, the season of giving, so that actually kind of falls in line with that. So, And not all ghosts are bad or evil. Just keep that in mind. Still, you have to be careful, though, <laughs> with who or what you're dealing with. 
And now we move on to our second story. This one is called the ter- the. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I got tongue tied. This story is called the caretaker who would not leave. It was to be a happy camping vacation for the Cartwright family of South Yorkshire in England. Jack Cartwright, his wife June, and their two children, 13-year-old Melissa and 11-year-old Alan, were to spend two weeks camping in the West Country. But everything that could go wrong did. The weather was awful, and the whole family caught colds. While they were out hiking, vandals ransacked their tent. To top things off, their car began acting up. Something was wrong with the electrical system. The Cartwrights decided enough was enough. They packed up their gear and started home. The bad luck that had dogged them from the start continued. They had to stop several times to repair the car. The weather, which had been threatening all day, erupted with a violent thunderstorm. Jack could barely see the road because of the sheets of rain, and with his vision limited, he missed his turnoff and found himself driving down a narrow country lane. By now it was getting dark, and the headlights were beginning to dim as the car's electrical system seemed about to fail completely. Their only hope was to find some sort of shelter for the night, but the area was so deserted that shelter appeared a remote possibility. As the family just about resigned themselves to spending the night crammed into a stalled car, Alan shouted that he could see some buildings just up ahead. It was an abandoned railway yard. The British countryside is littered with such abandoned yards, relics of an era when most people rode trains instead of using automobiles. Jack took his flashlight and got out of the car to examine the station. It was a big old building, now completely boarded up. It had been well built, and even after years of neglect, the roof was sound. He figured that if they could pry open one of the windows, the family could take their sleeping bags and be reasonably dry and comfortable inside. The Cartwrights moved what they needed into what was once the ticket office. They were able to prepare a halfway decent meal, the rain stopped, and everybody began to feel better. Jack suggested that they explore their surroundings, for they had been cooped up in the car all day, and a little exercise would be good and help them to go to sleep later. With their flashlights, 
The Cartwrights examined the broken, rubbish-strewn platform and the tracks, now overgrown with weeds. The sense of desolation was complete and oppressive, and there was something else, a vague feeling of not quite being alone. The children, who had gone ahead, came back shouting that they saw a light and heard voices. Their father assured them that this was impossible, but the children were insistent, and they led their parents to a small building, which had probably once been the freight office. Jack looked in through the window. The room inside was empty except for a few broken and dust-covered pieces of furniture and other discarded items. This is the place, Dad, Melissa insisted. There was a yellowish light like an old oil lamp, and we heard voices. The door to the building was either locked or had rusted shut. It could not be budged. Jack pried open the window and climbed in. There was nothing but the undisturbed dust of years of disuse. Yet, there was a strange, undefinable smell, quite apart from the smell of dust and mildew. And there was the strong feeling of not being alone. Jack felt genuinely frightened and got out of the building as quickly as he could. He didn't tell his family of his fears. He simply assured them that the building was quite empty and the light and voices must have been an illusion. Within half an hour, the Cartwright family was in their sleeping bags trying to sleep, but they all felt uneasy, though no one could say exactly why. Finally, Jack drifted off into a troubled sleep. At about 2 o'clock a.m., he awoke with a start. This was no dream or illusion. He did hear voices coming from the baggage office. He pulled on a pair of pants, grabbed his flashlight, and went to investigate. As Jack approached the old baggage office, the sound of voices became louder and he could see a yellowish glow filtering through the grimy windows. He tried the door, but it was as firmly locked as before. But when he pulled his when he put his shoulder into it, the door fairly sprang open, and Jack found himself in the middle of a misty glow, looking at a figure sitting in a chair at a desk. The whole scene was very indistinct, but the figure appeared to be poring over a pile of papers. Though it was hard to make out the details, the rubbish that had once filled the room had been replaced by furniture of an earlier era. 
It was like stepping back into the past. For a moment, Jack was stunned, unable to move. The figure at the desk turned and looked at him. This was no skull-faced ghostly horror, but the deeply wrinkled face of a gentle-looking old man wearing old-fashioned steel-rimmed glasses. He smiled at Jack, who took a step forward. Then abruptly the whole scene vanished. Jack had returned to the dark, dusty, rubbish-filled office of the present. And the door behind him was locked once again. There was a moment of panic until Jack remembered the window he had opened earlier. It was still open. He climbed through, went back to the main station, crawled into his sleeping bag, and tried, without much success, to go back to sleep. It was with great relief that he greeted the first faint light of dawn. In the morning, he recounted his experience to his wife, June, who obviously did not believe a word of what he was saying and tried to reassure him that it had all been nothing more than a bad dream brought on by the strains of the day and the unfamiliar and spooky surroundings. And by the light of day, the whole experience did take on a dreamlike quality. Jack went back to the freight office and looked inside. It was a long, deserted room with absolutely nothing unusual about it. The Cartwrights left the old station in search of a garage where they hoped to be able to get their car repaired. They found a nearby garage, and while waiting for the work to be done, Jack told the owner that the family had spent the night at the deserted station. He said nothing about the vision of the old man or the other strange events. <clears throat> uh, you're a braver man than I am, said the garage owner. That station is supposed to be haunted by old Garrity, who worked at the place for as long as anyone could remember. The day the station was scheduled to be closed down for good, they found the old man sitting in his office, dead. Some people say he has never left. Folks around here won't go near the place in the daytime, let alone at night. <laughs> I don't know what they're afraid of, laughed Jack. But his laugh was forced. As soon as the car was repaired, Jack Cartwright and his family left the area as quickly as they could, and they never came back. Very nice little eerie ghostly stories about travels on the road, on the highways. 
Just something to keep in mind if you're traveling that way during the holidays. <laughs> Don't worry, just, you know, look out for those creepy-looking hitchhikers, vanishing vehicles, and definitely do not stop at those deserted buildings and train stations. But I do hope you have a Merry Christmas and that you have a safe holiday and a good New Year. And I will see you next year with more chilling tales of ghostly legends and bloody terrors. Until then, be sure to take care of yourself. Be sure to keep those doors and windows locked tight and stay safe. But by all means, have a happy haunting. (laughs) 